Hey everyone, I'm Kari. Hello everyone, I am Bree. And this is CSA Talk. Welcome back another week and another episode since I talk. Hi. Uh, welcome back. Before we start, uh, I just want to let you all know that everyone is welcome here. We love you all. Okay. So anytime that you want to come here just to chill out, you know, cut off the world, or just focus on two girls talking about their favorite science show, we got you. If you're wondering why my voice, sounds a bit different well I, I, i'm sorry covering from the pneumonia that i had in the beginning of the month it's the last month because oh, it's wow. july now yeah last month because it's july yeah i'm still recovery and they had to go to the hospital and say i was five hours there just to have a pill prescribed to me Hopefully it's working. If it's not, then I'm going to have to go and look for another doctor. <laughs> but. Or maybe go to an actual doctor and not the hospital. Yeah. And also I had a day last night. I had a day last night. A day. But nothing happened and I was extremely upset. But I got better now and. I was really looking forward to recording today, and today we are talking about episode 21 of season 1. It's called Justice is Served. Do you guys remember this episode? The Cannibal Woman. Yeah. The official synopsis of the episode is Rissom, Nick, and Warwick investigate a jogger who was killed by a vicious dog in the park. The case gets complicated when they discover that the jogger's liver was surgically removed after he was killed. Meanwhile, Catherine and Sarah investigate the death of a six-year-old girl at a carnival ride, which gets Catherine emotionally involved. One thing that I don't agree, one of the things that I don't agree with Catherine is the end of the episode when she goes to this, like, one person. That I don't think you should have gone to. Okay. So we've got two cases here, right? We're going to start with Grissom's case. Then we're going to go to Catherine's case. On Grissom's case, we've got obviously Grissom, Nick, Warwick, and also Ray O'Reilly. Do you guys remember him? The jogger is literally running in the park. And he is mulled by an animal. When Grissom, Nick, and Warwick, they start doing the day. They think it's a mountain lion. But Grissom actually realizes there's a surgical mark on the victim's torso. And he thinks that the victim was opened with a scalpel. I mean, it's a great difference between a mountain lion and a dog. <laughs> so... Let's just start right there. There's a great difference between being attacked by a dog and being attacked by a mountain lion. 
This is coming from a girl who has read vampire books throughout her teenage years, okay? I've read the Vampire Diaries. You know, I've seen the originals. And look, there's no way it was a metal lamb. There's no scratch marks on the body. Well, Dr. Robbins thinks the animal that attacked the body was canine. And he does confirms that uh, removed the victim's organs, knew how to handle a scalpel, so they're looking for someone who was a doctor or, at the very least, went through medical school. And they can work. They have to go back to the park to pick up the dog's feces to find which one belonged to the attack dog. And they completely hate it. At least work this. I mean, I'm collecting scat. I mean, you're doing what you love, dude. There's people that hate their jobs. Right? So, but that's find something that looks like ice and puts in an evidence drawer. I don't know how that works because if it's ice, it would melt, right? Depends. Well, I mean, if the jar is made to resist temperatures, right? Grissom, he discovers that the dog he attacked, the jogger, is actually missing a tooth because of the markings on the body with Doc Robin's help they find out that the dog that attacked the jogger was a Great Dane in the Mastiff mix and there's only 40 dogs of that type in Las Vegas because they have to be registered and Sergeant O'Reilly tells Grissom that they have actually located the dog and it has a vicious Pass. I guess the dogs have to be registered in their DNA too, or maybe uh, some dog with a mixed tooth, whatever. The dog belongs to Dr. Susan Hillridge, and he is taken away from her for investigation. She tells them that the dog that they were talking about was actually her old dog. And he was put down. But Grissom tells her that the dog they are looking for has a missing tooth. Which is just like her current dog, whose name is Simba. Just something that I found out recently. Simba is a very common name to ginger cats. I found out on Instagram the other day. Simba is a common name to ginger cats. Because cats look like little lions. Yeah, Dr. Hillridge, she says that she's actually a nutritionist and her patients are professional athletes, just like the victim was. Uh, that's suspicious. That's weird. A mold of Simba's thief is made and is an exact match to the bite that was found on the victim. And Warwick actually found out that the ice that he found on the park was actually dry ice. And, and ice and dry ice are, are different because dry ice has carbon in it. I mean, everything has carbon in it. And if you remember your chemistry or your science classes on school, uh, everything has carbon inside. But dry ice is kind of different because it has carbon different in it. Different levels of, of carbon. 
I remember that, especially because of I've seen an episode of Elementary in which a case that Sherlock solves involves dry eyes. So thank you so much for that, Jason Crazy. Because it evaporated instead of melting. And Grissom actually realizes that the surgical teams, they use dry eyes to pack organs. There are being shifts to transplant. I don't remember seeing that on Grey's Anatomy when they went on to pick up the organs to get it and be and take to another patient. But so Dr. Hillridge, she is a nutritionist, but she would be required to have surgical rotations. I think it's true from what I've seen. In Grey's Anatomy, I mean, if you've seen most of Grey's Anatomy, they have to learn everything from a medical standpoint. They have to do a lot of rotation, including surgical rotation, until they actually find out what they want to do. I think they will sit down with the director of the of the hospital. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, I have even watched a full episode, but I've seen all of ER. They will sit down with the director and think the one responsible, and they will pick out their specialty. And then a, I think a doctor is assigned to them to teach them from their own. And in the good doctor's backyard, Nick actually finds a dog thesis that has cellular tissue in it. That is actually creepy. That is creepy. That is very suspicious. But that means that they have the actual dog, the right dog that attacked their victim. Inside the house, Warwick, he comes across a surgical kit. But the blood that he found on his cat hole dates back to fit anywhere it's from 50 to 200 years ago. <laughs> Love their timeline. <laughs> the blood could be anywhere from 50 to 200 years ago. That means that if the doctor cut the jugger up, she did not use the scalpel that he found. When she, she actually pays a surprise visit to the lab, which is weird. And only does that because there's something wrong with Grismize. Yeah. Grissom, he actually noticed that she has three different types of vicious dogs in the past and all mountain states. That, that could be just a coincidence, actually. Out of states in Washington, the U.S. that doesn't have too many mountains. Well, Grissom, my dude, as we would say here in my country, he is not afraid of danger. He just accuses her of using her dogs to kill joggers and sell the organs in the black market. Like, I mean, okay, there's no way she would be able to do anything to him in the lab because, I don't know how far she could take it because, as we know, there's no security inside the CFI lab. They were able to steal evidence from under their noses, right? Multiple <laughs> times. Multiple times. Just look at the first season of CSI Vegas. And some witch was able to... Literally... Season 10 premiere of CSI. 
I'm season two of CSI Vegas. The silver paint killer. He was able to walk straight into the lab, into the morgue, to leave something behind. There's no security inside the lab. I don't think that Dr. Hill, Hill Ridge would have any problem of doing something against Grissom there. If she wanted to, uh, Nick and Mariah, right. they decide to spray liminal over every piece of Dr. Hillridge kitchen equipment and everything, everything shines, even the blender and the glass that's deposited for blood. And Grissom was like, I watched her make a vitamin on that. She is actually not selling organs on the black market. She is drinking them. The pills she gave to Grissom had actual human organs inside of them. When she's brought into questioning, Dr. Hirich said that she had a genetic disease called Orphiria. It's when a group of liver disorders in which substance called porphyrins build up in the body which affects negatively the skin or the nervous system so your skin starts to have what appears to be a lot of wounds and it can be caused by genetic condition and she said that the cure was to drink human blood since it's the richest source of hematine. Well, because that's a source of oxygen. It's a source of oxygen. I understand what she meant. She has hypothermia, and the blood is the richest source of hematine. Hematine means that the blood has a lot of oxygen, which means that. She didn't want to assert crime into pursuing another form of treatment if she could drink blood and have all the oxygen that she needed. But the thing is, the human body doesn't have anything inside of it to actually digest human blood. Our stomach is not made to digest human blood. Our stomach is made to digest actual food. She said that shooting someone or poisoning them to take their blood. So she trained her dogs to make clean kills. And then she extracted the organs that had the most blood, which means that it would be the liver, the spleen, and also the heart. Because the heart is the one that pumps the blood to the body. And when she's arrested, she tells Grissom that she had actually made protein shakes with the organs that she harvests. Mm-hmm. Okay, look. But I know that in the Middle Ages, some people used to drink blood to treat some illness. All that comes to mind right now is the Elizabeth Bathory. If you know, you know, but there's a lot of things that people don't know. I did do some research. Into I know about Bathory because of my sister. Yeah, but I mean, I did do a lot of research into Elizabeth Bathory for 
a paper that I did in university. There's a lot that people don't know about her, especially because a lot of things that there is about her is written in her native language, but also because there's a movement inside her country that is trying to make her look like an actual, not a saint, but as someone who was trying to help people, which is clearly not what she was. And she's dating in people's blood. Yeah, she, until this day and age, has one of the biggest serial killers, if not the biggest serial killers there has ever existed. And her victims were mainly women. There's a lot of kills, really, but she would either bathe or drink her victim's blood. But that doesn't work. That doesn't work because your body, the human body, doesn't have any ways to break down the blood that the person is drinking. I think scientifically speaking, a vampire movie on Texas, but I mean, if there exists and you're listening to this, I mean, who knows? But technically, a human drinking blood doesn't work because the body doesn't break it down. I, I think it actually can actually do the very opposite and inside can actually make the person sick. On to the next case. This case actually involves a kid, so the trigger warning. All the cases involving kids can actually make the CSM really upset. So the victim's name is Sandy Dantini, and on the case we have Catherine, Sarah, and Brass. So Catherine and Sarah, they are called to investigate the death of a six-year-old called Sandy Dantini. She died on the tunnel of love ride at a local carnival. Sarah, she's speaking to the girl's mother, her name is Carla, and she tells Sarah that Cindy fell from the car during the ride and drowned in the shallow water by the track. By the time the operator stops the ride, Cindy was dead. And uh, Catherine and Sarah are like, the mesh is not matching. The ride operator is he tells Catherine that he stopped the ride as soon as he heard Carla screaming. But he also said that everyone that Steve Bells were loosely assassinated, which means that people would be allowed to get up close and personal on the ride. The belt could have been loose enough for Sandy to slip through. Yeah, Catherine searched the rides and she finds a hammer on the water by the track. And she is taking pictures of the repairs of the track. And her first suspect is the owner of the big carnival, Thomas Pickens, uh, because she thinks that Thomas was high on drugs. I mean, she doesn't say she knows some people that high on drugs. And. She has him be on a cup because she thinks he's high. And in the lab, Greg tells Catherine that it came back positive for estrogen. Thomas actually, he twitched his urine during the test. And the officer did not check the, his trailer for the possibility of a sweat. 
know a lot of people would do that when they do drug tests. They will swap their things for other people's. Estrogen is a female hormone. Well, Sarah, she finds out that the carnival has eight violations in eight states. And Thomas' real name is actually Roger Pete. And he's a convicted sex offender out on parole. Under the investigation, Thomas actually says that he was walking down the midway one year word scream when he stopped the ride. He and the ride operator, they found Sandy lying face down on the pool of water. He said he never came near the body and he called the cops. Catherine still thinks Donna is guilty. He was saying that he was hanging around on the ride and taking kids into the ride after dark. I think it's because Catherine is a mother and that when a kid around Lindsay's age, I mean, at this time, Lindsay was about Six the victim's age. Yeah, she was about the victim's age. That's why Catherine was a bit out of herself. Not quite a as Grissom was on Gentle Gentle, but I mean, Grissom was even a bit justified because the, the victim was a baby, but you didn't have to slam that cart. An autopsy, Doc Robbins, he says that the cause of death was drowning. In fact, and Sandy was actually three feet tall, and the water was only 18 inches deep. And somebody would have had to held her underwater. And it is possible that she was unconscious, but there was no head injuries. And there was only one injury because though she had a fractured forearm. The x-ray says that somebody twisted Sandy's arm hard enough to break it. And there was no swelling, so it happened right before she died. So Catherine and Sarah, they think that Thomas took Sandy out of the car to take advantage of her. But since the exit doors were not opening, he actually became trapped inside the ride. They think that he had no choice, so he accidentally broke her arm and then drowned her. And outside of the autopsy room, Catherine meets the mother, Carla and Tony, and Carla is actually really surprised when she's asked if somebody reached into the ride card and pulled her out because she doesn't remember seeing or hearing anyone when she tried to rescue Sandy. Now, if if my daughter is beside me and I lose her and I am screaming for help and trying to look for her, I would notice if somebody's coming along. I would notice if somebody's coming to try and help me find my daughter. But that is suspicious if she doesn't remember anyone coming along. There's uh, a reason for that. Yeah. Catherine, she actually prevents the carnival from leaving town. A breast is now a profile breast is just like, okay, on the early season, breast is not as as sweet as a, a sweet guy as we know that he is 
but the breast, I love how breast literally takes no ass from anyone. So he's like, this carnival is not leaving. The only person <laughs> who's not getting mostly involved in this case is Sarah. Yeah. Catherine actually gets on the ride with a dummy and she puts a little seat around both of them. And nobody can actually take the dummy out of the car, which means that Thomas didn't do it. So Catherine narrow thinks Carla did it. And she remembers that when they talked early, she was looking at though her laughs and remembering the events of the nine, meaning that she was fabricated. I don't know how I don't know how that works. But it is true. If the person's not looking into you when you're asking them something, it means that they're actually coming up with something that is not true. And they go to Carla's house, and Catherine sees that her watch is waterlogged, but her shoes are dry. Which means her watch is not working anymore, but her shoes are actually pretty good. And she says that she noticed that the her shoes were never wet. I mean, that's suspicious because... If Carla wanted to rescue her daughter, she would have jumped in the water. So Catherine actually realizes that Carla drowns her daughter to start a new life with her boyfriend, who actually did not know anything. You don't remember correctly. Like he even said, I wouldn't mind getting to know your daughter. She's a yeah. part of you. Cindy tried to fight back, and that's how her arm was broken. And the mom yep. did it with this carnival because of the history with some of the people who worked there. And, and you know what? I don't like the ending, what it comes down right now, because Sarah wanted to have a dinner with Catherine. And uh, Catherine's like, oh, I'll let you take a rain check. And I'm like, oh, she's going to go and stay with her daughter. No. She'd go and see her boyfriend. Yep. I think the perfect ending to the storyline of this case would be if Catherine went to stay with Lindsay, play with her, do whatever with Lindsay. But no. She might have uh, been in school, though. This episode was released in April. Well, yeah, but she could have picked Lindsay up from school and mm. take her to McDonald's or take her to, to also, a diner. Or but also remember, Catherine was under suspicion of child neglect, so she had to be very careful with everything. She was still under suspicion of not of charming. What is episode nineteen at this point? I think so. This is the last episode we're gonna look into at season one. Next episode we're gonna look it's the season two, I think. But at least on our in-depth series, of course, we're gonna come back and look more into episodes of season one. But I think season one was a great season to introduce the characters it, it was a great season to introduce the characters one thing though look I know that the characters grow and knowing that by the end of CSI crime scene investigation they're not as they started because I know when they started shooting the show they didn't expect the show to last 16 years but Look, I understand that the show was made in the 2000s, so I mean, there's a 
2000, 2001. I understand there's a lot of things that were acceptable for the time. I know that we've said it before that we absolutely cannot take people criticizing Catherine because of her profession before becoming a CSI. We absolutely don't like when they made Sarah being this overly emotional CSI when the cases involving kids and the kids involving kids, abused kids and all that, not only affected her, but affected the team as a whole because whenever a boy that was abused would show up, Nick would absolutely go feral. Whenever a case with little girl would show up just like this, Catherine would absolutely think about Lindsay on gentle, gentle. Some had didn't have the time of the day to take the parents' line anymore. I think it was a great introduction, albeit there was some characters that actually was a pin the yes the, the whole season. <laughs> He I mean, was a pain in the ass until like season nine, <laughs> end of season nine. <laughs> He's a pain in the ass until season nine. Yeah, he starts to get nice, and then Morgan shows up, and he is actually really nice. Why? I think it's just bitter that he was not seeing his daughter a lot. Maybe, yeah. Even though it was his own violation half the time. Neither me yeah. or Brady watched the show when the show first aired on season one. Come on, the show first there when I was three. Yeah, the show first there when I was like two. Whatever. I, look, what I'm saying is that some things that were accepted back then is not accepted now. And comparing season one of CSI Crime Scene Investigation to season one of CSI Vegas, they are both completely different shows, but with the same anointing. You know what I mean? It has the same spark. But it's still there because, to be honest, I was really tired of watching those same, remember the thing, those TV shows, but I was kind of tired of watching this crime happens. Who did it? This person. Let's go to the board. Make the board and then bring the person, kick, punch the person up and do that. Get a confession and grab someone else and all that. I was tired of watching. TV shows like that. I wanted something more, and I think that was what actually brought me to CSI because I would watch random episodes of CSI, and I would totally get what was happening. I know who who was who, even though I didn't have an emotional connection to the characters until I realized, oh, I'm just like Sarah and Grissom. CSI Vegas has the same spark as. CSI crime scene investigation. I think both of the shows have the same anointing. The thing is, they were made in different times to the same public, mostly. But CSI may as well also wanted to grab a new public, a new generation of fans. Because right now, at least our generation, we wanted to see women out there we wanted to see people of color out there <laughs> but look at max i'm like she is my mother and also 
I love her. I absolutely love her. I think she's a badass. When I look at Allie, I think she's a badass. When I look at Penny, love of my life. I absolutely love her. That's what I wanted. And I absolutely love that there's no female rivalry in this iteration of CSI. Did not like that very much back in CSI Crimson Investigation, but I will still watch it because I love that show. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more men on that show than there was with women, but I think it was actually the time. And I think slowly that show actually opened. Not opened, but like showed to a whole generation of girls that it's okay if you want to solve crimes. If Sarah did it, if Catherine did it, so could you. And I think Mark said that on the live stream that she did with Eric a few months ago. She said that she wanted to bring that into the character and that's how the storyline of her student disappearing and her coming back to Las Vegas to solve that was built. I like CSI because you can certainly follow along without knowing everything that is going on with the characters. This episode was a two-parter, and it was the second part yeah. of the two-parter. Even if you do know what's happening to the characters, you get to enjoy that relationship. You get to enjoy that relationship that they share with each other, even though you wish there was something different with them. I rewatched season seven and I wish there was something if you know where to look for it, you find it. But I wish there was something deeper that we could actually look for it. But when I look at CSI Vegas and I see the relationship between Max and Josh or the relationship even between Josh and Serena or Josh and Allie or Bo and Anybody. Josh. You know, the relationship between them, it feels like the relationship is on a deeper level. And it feels like I'm part of them. I don't know. I don't know why. I've always felt like I was a part of the CSI family. I've always felt like I was a part of the CSI family. And I feel like in CSI Vegas, it's a family that it has grown a lot. Even though, like, it's, it's a bit tighter. <laughs> the circle's a bit tighter. Though we have the OG characters, sometimes they show up. Jason Tracy said that the doors are always open. No, I absolutely love if Greg came back and was on the street. And who knows, maybe Catherine is going to stay on. I absolutely love that too. You know, I absolutely love if Catherine stayed and stayed on the But I would totally get it if she thinks she should leave or not. She said she would stay in Vegas for Lindsay and her granddaughter so who knows I remember she but, left because her daughter wasn't there I don't know what to expect from season 3 but I mean it's gonna be a complicated season because the whole Josh storyline we don't know exactly what happened three things they did it I'm still in the fence about it because I'm a Josh apologist above everything else <laughs> no I've said it before you know okay Bray's looking at me with a weird eyes <laughs> Jennifer Look, Josh Folson is my guy, okay? If nobody's got me, I know Josh Folson's got me, okay? Yeah, so I think season one of CSI Crimson Investigation was a great season as an introduction season. Which episode 
that I'll be talking about next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about Chaos Theory. Season 2, episode 2. We love you guys so, so much. Thank you so much for love listening. Love y'all. Bye. Be safe. Bye. Please. Be, be safe. safe. Stay cool. Even though this is posted the day after 4th of July, happy 4th. Hopefully the firework smoke has cleared. Be safe out there, guys. It's a very strange world that we live in. So, I love you guys. Bye. Bye.